to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. Today's guests are Erica and Tim White. Hey guys, welcome. Thank you for coming on to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Not a problem at all. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, we are a married couple. Uh, (laughs) We've been married, what, almost four years? Yeah, Yeah, four years. Um, I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Um, So that's how I know Eric went to high school together. And Timothy is from Uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. So uh, we live in Huntsville, Madison, Alabama. It's a suburb of Huntsville. It's in North Alabama. Um, And so we're we're real estate professionals. We run um, short-term rentals, long-term rentals, and we do flips. Awesome. Awesome. And so... This is kind of a new business for you guys, if I'm not mistaken. So prior to that, what were you guys doing? Well, we were engineers. We were government engineers. Um, We worked for the Army, um, Army Defense. So um, I'm an electrical engineer by degree. Timothy's a computer engineer by degree. Um, That's actually where we met um, at work. So uh, yeah, we we worked on Army helicopters, uh, aircraft, missile systems, you know, any kind of Army weapon system. So that's what we did for a very long time um, until we started dabbling in real estate and getting a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper. So yeah. That's very impressive. I I just need you guys to know that I've never met anyone who's actually done any of that. So that's pretty amazing. This is a first for me. And um, what was it like leaving your jobs? Was it hard or was it like, let's go? Or what was that like? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, for me, I mean, it was difficult just from uh, the because I identified with it, you know, being an engineer was so such a big part of my identity, always valued, you know, having my own, you know, every, you know, my own job, my own steady paycheck. And so uh, to give that up, it was difficult. But, you know, on the flip side, for everything we had going on, you know, personally with our business, it was necessary. I mean, you know, we had a young child at home, a new baby in the middle of a pandemic working at home and, you know, trying to balance my work responsibilities with the business responsibilities. You know, it started getting really old, mm-hmm. having my husband, you know, <laughs> watch our baby while I had a four hour meeting. <laughs> he had, you know, stuff to do. So sure. I think for, you know, our sanity. <laughs> so yeah it's it's been great you know um it was difficult to make that initial decision and to you know actually put in my two weeks and you know tell my family you know that hey this is what I'm doing I'm giving up this good government job um for our own own thing you know do real estate something that people don't really always understand real estate is so broad and you know for for people it it was kind of difficult but once I made that decision and, you know, my mom was like, girl, do what you got to do. Good, good. My husband was like, yo, I got you. You know, we could keep the same standard of living. I was like, good. okay, then. Good, good. <laughs> so you had a lot of support. So that's good. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and so what made you guys lean towards real estate? Well, that's that's just kind of where we started. I guess you could talk about the... Right. Well, I guess uh, why, why real estate is kind of... Um... Prior to Eric and I meeting, I, I had uh, started with Airbnb. So I've been doing okay. uh, Airbnb since 2013, 14, somewhere in there. Yeah. And I was just running out of a bedroom in my house. Uh, and then I saw the you know, cash flow from that. That, ex- that essentially paid for a trip every month by just running out of a bedroom. So that's a flight every month. So um, 
2015, I bought a few rental properties. Uh, what I saw was uh, at that time I was maxing out my Roth IRA, which you know I recommend everyone to get if you got W-2. And I was also maxing out my 401k. And then I was realizing that I can't I can't touch that money until I'm 59 and a half. <laughs> and, uh, if, I'm, if I'm working and I do want to make extra money, now what can I do? And I just saw our uh, rental income was a good place to, to, to start at. You know? <laughs> so that's kind of the start of real estate. Um, then I hooked up with uh, Bigger Pockets and then I listened to at least 300 podcasts and, yeah. you know, I was on that, I was on bigger podcasts every day. Hell so. yeah. I was too, when I first got started too, it was just like, yeah. you know, and podcasting was still kind of new too. So I was just like, what is exactly. this? Exactly. Back then it was new. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I didn't really get involved until, you know, I met Timothy and like he said, he was doing Airbnb and I heard of it, but I hadn't had any experience with it. And so he, you know, was doing so well renting out his room. He had people, but not enough space. And so, you know, he recommended to me, he said, hey, here's somebody, I think it might be good. You can make some money. And so I, I had, you know, <clears throat> three bedrooms, excuse me, in my house. And I said, why not? You know, I'll, I'll try it, you know, and I, you could come kick them out. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I tried it and I mean, it was perfect. I mean, yeah. I, I never stopped, you know, from, from then I kept going and, you know. Gotcha. Now, have you guys noticed the change of Airbnb since like then to now, now that they've gone corporate? You said Airbnb gone corporate? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Now that they've had an IPO and a little bit more of a corporate. I mean, from maybe, and it just goes back to the kind of expectation of your, your guests a little bit, but uh, not really. I haven't. Well, I've been running the same model. Since yeah, we kind of we, we yeah we run the same model. So we haven't seen a whole lot of changes. You know, we've mm. been following the changes. You know, throughout the country and mm. you know the different types of licensing and taxes and things like that. And you know, but we haven't seen we haven't experienced a lot of changes for us. Right, right. So the ideal client in Huntsville is not they're not coming here for tourism. So that's the big thing. That's yeah. the big thing. Wow. Gotcha. Gotcha. We're yeah, coming for work. Right. <laughs> so. Exactly. People are in hustle to work. Yeah. So. <laughs> I need to come to that market and uh, yeah. deal with some more normal people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, would you say that leaving your job has been worth it? And if so, why and how? Absolutely. I mean, 100% necessary, you know, the balance and the, you know, the, that comes with not having to split, you know, your time and your passion between, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was just difficult trying to, okay, let me do a little bit of this and, you know, a little bit of that. You're only giving half of yourself. So for me, excellent. You know, I can focus on being a mom when my baby is not in daycare and, you know, we can focus on the business, you know, when she is. So it helps us communicate better. And I, you know, I, I know it was necessary, you know, for, Tim, for him yeah. to leave. Yeah, so. So, so for me, I, I, I wanted my job. I wanted to be a, a engineer, just like anything else. There's not a lot of black people in the technical fields, just like it's not a lot of black people in, in entrepreneurship. Uh, right. I, I wanted to move up, but I didn't get a promotion. Like nobody got the promotion, honestly. Um, but I took it personally. And then, <laughs> and the next day, my partner uh, uh, offered me an opportunity that I couldn't say no to. And, and that was February, like, 28th of 2020. So we know what happened right after that. Yeah. So, so we got home, and then I saw this was like, you know, this is my opportunity. So I went, I went full speed ahead. Yeah. And I just worked until I couldn't do my job no more. My job literally got in the way. 
Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's um, I actually had a similar experience where I just kept getting passed over for promotions. And, right. you know, at that point I was like, they're the longest person with the most seniority and they right. kept bringing in new people. And I'm like, I'm, I can do this for myself, you know, after I started yeah, doing yeah. the math and what I was making them versus what I was actually making, I was like a no brainer for sure. Yeah. And, so, and so what's your day to day like? Well, for me, um, I get up at 4 a.m. most mornings, um, go to the gym, uh, come home, and I go into mom mode, you know, getting my baby ready, getting her for school, getting ready for school fed, you know, and then I go into my day, I have to look and prioritize, you know, what kind of, what are our priorities for the week, what houses are we trying to get out, what kind of check-ins, check-outs do we have, you know, mm -hmm. make sure that all of our team members and all the people working, you know, with us and for us, um, know what they need to do. Um, and sometimes I hit the field, you know, sometimes, sometimes we stay in the house and uh, every day we have a meetup um, so that we can actually keep business contained into one hour. Um, so we got it all day and all night, and, <laughs> you know, driving each other crazy. So that's literally, you know, our day. And Tim is on the phone, on the phone all, day. all day, you know, oh, gotcha. all day. So gotcha. And does that basically, because I mean, you guys are a husband and wife team. Does that do you have a hard time keeping it separate or is that what you're saying that you basically you guys have parameters where it just doesn't bleed into your relationship so much we we'll try our best to keep the parameters yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. what we're learning you know because it hasn't even been a year since we've quit our job oh, so yeah. you know we're we're learning how to kind of keep that separate i mean yeah. but yes having that set time where we can discuss work and you know not have to wait until it's time to go to sleep we're tired we're here <laughs> You know, I'm asking questions. We missed something that each other said, you know. So, yes. yeah, it, it definitely, it's, it's been an adjustment, but I like it. I mean, I kind yeah. of better argue with you sometimes than right. my yeah. old coworkers. It comes with the territory. You, yeah. you, know, you can't really get around it, but as long as you said, as long as you approach it correctly and just find a way to continue. But for me, I'm still getting used to it. I've been an entrepreneur now for like five years, you know, as far as having no job. And I still have moments where I'm just getting used to not having a job. So it's it takes a while. I think we've just been programmed and conditioned to, to have a job. And, you know, that was our day to day. And so I find as an entrepreneur, I spend a lot more time working than I do when I have a job. So, you know, I think that's the trade-off a lot of people have no idea about is, you know, yeah. all the time, all the time. And so what do you guys like about doing short-term rentals? Well, we like that it's not as hard on the house. You know, um, the houses are usually better maintained, you know, when you have guests coming for a few weeks to, you know, a few months at a time versus a long term rental, I guess, you know, so I think that's probably the best thing, you know, when I when we were renting out bedrooms in our houses, I think what I liked was I got to meet some really interesting people. I mean, when it was good, you know, because, of course, you always get mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, but I definitely, definitely got to meet you know, people from all over the world, you know, who would invite us to their house. And if you're ever in this country, you know, come visit me. And so I did enjoy that, but it got old, you know. <laughs> after real, a while, quick, you know real quick, real yes. quick. Yeah, we don't, we don't invite people in our houses, you know, anymore. Uh, but, you know, but of course we still do our choice. Terminals. But yeah, I think mainly just, you know, it, it can be very lucrative, you know, especially, you know, for the shorter stays and, the houses are maintained. Right. Property preservation is one of the big things that we try to push. Oh, of course. We make a decision on acquisition, what we're going to do with the houses. Mm -hmm. So between flipping, long-term rental, or 
a short term rental, which you know, uh, you get the good cash flow. Of, of course, you no know, people like doing that. Uh, we don't do the short nightly stays, um, like one to two day stays. We don't do anything like that. But uh, the main thing, if I look at a house I bought in 2015 that I made into a rental versus a house, the same time frame as Airbnb, it's not big differences on it. Yeah, very good. So you always have a clear idea of what investment each property is going to be and what you're doing with it for the most part. Generally, General yeah, cash. generally. I mean, there are outliers, you know, where right. we might have an idea that we're going to do a short-term rental and we realize this is nah. probably yeah. not yeah. <laughs> for this house. So, um, yeah, so we, we, we've had to pivot, you know. But, yeah, uh, growing pains and stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm just, but... Uh, Welcome. <laughs> okay. So what don't you like about short-term rentals? You kind of touched on it, but is there anything that you don't like about the short-term rentals? Uh, expectation management of the guests. You know, I, I think for hotels, you know, you have the Four Seasons, you know, you might have a Waldorf Astoria, you have, but you also have like the Best Western, you know, so <laughs> that's the hard part about short-term rentals and just not knowing the expectations of the people that you have, you know. Mm, and, like there's no front desk here, like, you know, we got yeah. a place for you, here's some things, but you can't call me all the time and expect this, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I mean, part of it for sure. I mean, you know, there have been times where people, some people really want you to, they, they want to see a person and, you know, they want you to come over and show them how to work the TV or something. And, <laughs> you know, and other people are like, leave me alone, you know. Hey, don't so, bother me. Yeah. Yeah. So that part can be, I don't yeah. even know, frustrating, you know, just, just yeah. kind of the unknown. So for me, that's probably what I don't like. Gotcha. No, I mean, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. And it's just very hard. Everybody's different. Yeah. So oftentimes where I struggle with my short-term rentals is you just don't know what to expect. And everybody seems okay until you really, that day they come and they start mm -hmm. interacting with you and this is that and the other. And it's like some people, you you can kind of tell they might be a little weird, but you don't know until they're absolutely into that, into that space and start getting comfortable or like you said, needing someone to hold their hand the whole time. Uh -huh. it's not that type of situation. It's not, <laughs> yeah. So that kind of, you know, that those kind of experiences are difficult, but <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you may have a similar answer, but I like to kind of make sure I ask these questions, even though they're very close. What do you like about long-term rentals? Hmm. Well, I can't answer that one. Uh, but generally, what I like about long-term rentals is you, you're going to get decent uh, cash flow and buy rate. Um, mm -hmm. So you might make uh, if you do your own property manage. Uh, if you if you factor in property management, which usually like ten percent, you should make two hundred dollars a door, something like that. Mm -hmm. We do all our stuff in house, uh, so nice. we're gonna make a little bit more uh, return on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the best thing uh, is the wealth building. Uh, and then you got a lot of ways, uh, just like Airbnb, you got a lot of things you can write off because you can update the house and there's yeah. things like that. Um, especially if you have an active uh, business like Flip, you need something to help you with your taxes. Yes. Uh, but the, that that cash flow and wealth accumulation is the best thing. But you get a lot of that with short-term rentals as well because yeah. we, we own our Airbnbs. Uh, mm -hmm. so. Very good. That's the difference right there. You know, owning them and then taking that cash flow and doing whatever you like with it. I, I really right. like that, that model. And so, okay, what don't you like about long-term rentals? Uh, for me, <laughs> people's treated, they treat your uh, long-term rental uh, as their house. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. <laughs> they have possession, but uh, they treat it as their house. So, mm -hmm. you know, we had a situation, a guy stayed in the house for four years. He painted the house. Uh, his dogs messed up the house, but he wanted his security deposit back. And, you know, he, he told me essentially that uh, after four years, you should be repainting the house and putting the floor in it. And I was like, you know, uh, I had 
other properties that the Airbnbs that live the same amount of time that are still great. Still great, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna talk you into why it's okay. Like, uh, no. Yeah. So he paint the whole house, you know, uh, purple, and you know that, mm-hmm. and want me to <laughs> give them a security deposit. Yeah. So, so I mean, we of course, you know, yeah, we want people to enjoy the house and right. make it their home, but you know, sometimes when it comes time for them to leave. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Sometimes it's like, I can't wait for you to leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I couldn't wait. <laughs> okay, so what do you guys like about flipping? Uh, I mean, flipping is a job. It's, it's it a job. Anything else It's very transactional. Right now, the market is highest and sells mm-hmm. market. So if you find something, you can always sell it. But mm-hmm. you have to re- realize that this is a, a cyclical. Um, Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a job, and a lot of people are making money because of you know uh, inflation or or what other people say is appreciation. But you still have to make um, uh, good choices on what you're putting out. And, and we we run uh, effective like production flipping, right. so we do flipping in volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just want we want to make sure we get a good product. Uh, w- one good thing about flipping, uh, we prefer selling to homeowners mm-hmm. uh, here. Um, we're flipping in uh, predominantly black and brown areas of town, and we're trying to put homeowners in those houses. Um, but just like everyone else, like you're talking about, uh, when we first started, it just you're competing with hedge funds. You're competing with a spreadsheet, uh, spreadsheet calculation. Um, so when we're flipping, we want those FHA buyers to get in the house, but those FHA buyers, they might have to drop their appraisal or, or put a cushion to their appraisal uh, sure. to compete because the hedge funds are cash, all cash, no inspections, and they close them within you know, a week sometimes. And yeah. so you're competing with that. And so <clears throat> flipping is, is, is definitely lucrative in the current market we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember in, in, in Huntsville, which Huntsville did not get hit that much by 2008, 2010 on the, on the Great Recession, mm-hmm. um, houses were not moving. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't see the drop in price, but uh, it was not a lot so. of real estate. Uh, yeah, moving. really, really. Yeah. Uh, if you think about stocks, uh, uh, the stocks that don't change that much, but maybe not appreciate the defensive stocks. So, you know, Lockheed Martin or whatever. In times, you're going to recessionary times, those stocks do well. So the same things for utility companies and all those type of stocks. So think of Huntsville as that type of market. But in the last two years, you get appreciation. Right. Mm-hmm. So good, strong, steady economy. Uh, historically, only had one type of uh, 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 economy, one type of job sector. And it was, it was one, essentially they had one move, one finishing move, it was just one thing, uh, and, but it was great. But yeah. now it's other things that are moving into the town and making Huntsville uh, kind of explode. But overall it's still um, uh, a flipped house, a three, three, two house, Northwest Huntsville, 35810. Uh, that's in Northwest Huntsville, uh, maybe 200K. In most places, that's low. However, in 2017, I was saying no to houses at 40,000 after in the same area. Right. That's kind of 18, 19, I was saying <laughs> yeah. no to those same houses. That's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. crazy. It's crazy yeah. how fast it happened. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, you just, you do, you have to be a little careful because there's a lot of fluff in the market. Um, right. There's a lot of fluff. Uh, the, the only thing that's, that's, that's significantly outside of cat, uh, hedge funds is the rents. The rents are hmm. now it's right now. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, the house I bought in 2015, I was I was pushing the rents. Let's go through the whole numbers. Uh, I bought the house at thirty thousand, uh, put a uh, thousand into it for painting, and I was renting for six fifty, which was which was great at that time. Uh, as far as the rent, my numbers that was high. Mm-hmm. Those same houses rent for twelve hundred. Hmm. Now, is that like a market average as far as twelve hundred, or are we even talking higher than that oh, average? 
the ad is probably the bottom of the market for a livable three one right now. Correct. These are three ones. So yeah. three ones, you know, you know, down here we don't have the apron. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hmm. See, I didn't know any of this. This is why I like talking to people all over. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Now, is there anything you guys don't like about flipping? It's transactional. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the same reason we like the same reason we don't like. So gotcha. You're making the money on top, but you know, if you're not uh you don't if you don't kill anything, you don't eat. Right. Yeah. Versus yeah. you, uh, you can essentially on long term runners, you put the money, the meat in the freezer, and you pick you picking off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> short term runners is like putting in the fridge, but the thing doesn't pull. Correct. So, <laughs> Got to make sure it doesn't pull. Make sure it doesn't pull. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so, what is it like balancing a business like this and balancing your new family? It's great now when you don't have a job, you know, I mean, you know, you know, you don't have another computer, uh, career to compete with, you know, gotcha. but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really nice if you put the thought into trying your best to keep business and family time separated, right. you know, if you make time for that, mm. um, you know, if you have hours for family time, if you have things that you do every day, you know, I really, really appreciate being able to take a vacation in the middle of the week, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we'll run up to, you know, such and such on a Tuesday and don't have to worry about leave. Yeah. But on the flip side, you know, we might be working on Saturday Sunday or Saturday, Saturday or something, you know, mm-hmm. we have all the time. Take, yeah, you know, we'll have to take phone calls when we don't want to, you sure. know, sometimes. So it's just a new world, you know, for us. And, uh, but I think it's, we've been, you know, doing good learning how to, sure um balance it you know but just doing all of it in the pandemic i mean there, there's so many other <laughs> so many other factors you know that yeah. do it you know yeah. but uh, ultimately it works for us yeah, yeah. well i'm sorry go ahead oh, no, that's- oh, I, you know i kind of feel like you had perfect timing and so working from home virtually really wasn't necessarily a thing so much i was trying to do that for myself before the pandemic happened and that's kind of like how i got brick and mortar detroit because it was supposed to be kind of like an oxymoron or the opposite or something like that where basically everything's virtual because you don't really need to be in most places to do business anymore and I feel like that's just like an older model and so I could definitely see why that's working for you it's not like you're like faxing papers and like pretty much everything's digital like what is the point of our our whole flipping operation is virtual yeah yeah Yeah. I mean come on our team our whole team is uh, (laughs) yeah most of the people that work for our business they've never been to high school yeah exactly yeah i work with people i've never even met sometimes you know and it's just it's just crazy they could be anywhere in the world you know and it's just like you just got to kind of open your mind to that and you can easily be successful as soon as you start to kind of understand the changes and i think a lot of people don't want to go back to the office some people do but a lot of people aren't really like I mean, where we came from, we didn't have the option to work from home. Like, you know, we worked there for 11 years and that was just absolutely not an option. You know, we we had our our nine to five, whatever. And then that was it. So it it really was a whole new world. And like you said, it was perfect timing for us, you know, for us to just have that time and space to see what was possible, you know, collaborate, what kind of tools we needed to use and (laughs) You know, so it's good. Okay. So any thoughts or words or words of advice to people who might be considering like leaving their job to go out and do their entrepreneurship or whatever they plan to do? Well, you know, it depends on what you actually are planning to do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a good start. (laughs) You know what I'm gonna do, but from from my standpoint, uh it's just 
don't quit your W-2 until your side hustle. Um, and I used to do this thing on Instagram called Side Hustle Muscle, where I kind of just documented my whole journey. Uh, yeah. to, but you want to make sure you're making more money from your side hustle than your day job because health insurance. Oh, no oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, so just consider, you know, yeah, like just consider the cost, right. um, you know, and after you do that, make sure you like it. And I mean, don't limit your thinking, uh, right. you know, just, just don't, don't, don't limit yourself. I think, like you mentioned earlier, we've been conditioned, you know, for that, you know, nine to five, that good job. And, and that's great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with if you want to have a job. If you want, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, but if if you're toying with the idea of, you know, doing something different, you know, don't let fear stop you if the numbers make sense and, you know, mm-hmm. you're, passion, you're passionate about it and you're willing to work because- exactly. You're gonna have to work. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It doesn't, it's just starting, you know. You you think yeah. this is gonna be like the key. Like it's it is the key, but it's not today, it's not tomorrow, it's a long-term thing. And like you said, it needs to be something that is realistic. It can't just be like, I'm gonna do a t-shirt company, and maybe you could do good, right? Yeah. You know, Thomas Walker did great with that, but yeah. it's not really likely that a lot of people are going to, you know, make a ton of money with a t-shirt company. So yeah. real estate, yeah. flipping houses, things like that, those are areas where we all know. You can make a decent amount of money, probably more if you hustle than what yeah. you're making at a job. And I would say that there are a lot of people who just listen to people around them who've never quit their job, who've never mm-hmm. ran a business. And it's kind of like, doesn't make sense sometimes to listen to people who don't have any experience in these yeah. particular areas. And some people I wish would quit their job because I'm tired of going to places and not getting good service because nobody wants to be right. there because they're not making good money. And I, mean, I totally get it. You know, I was in a similar place, but I quit my job, you know, but it is, it's a hard decision, um, yeah. but it's definitely one that people should definitely consider. And so overall, we kind of touched on this, but the market uh, where you guys are, so it is a seller's market. And yeah. what are our median prices? Is it about 220? 220, is that what I'm hearing? Uh, median price for the entire area for the greater Huntsville area is probably around 300 right now. Okay. 325. Okay, gotcha. And how would you describe it? Is it has it changed since COVID at all? Or is this pretty much like everywhere else, just everything's super expensive? I mean, Huntsville has been booming. Yeah, like, booming. that's good. That's good. Uh, since a, a lot of growth um, has happened uh, for especially on the commercial side for where they're building apartments everywhere you got land that's close to a major uh, a highway they're building yeah. a lot of apartments here um, uh, one thing from a, a strategic uh, standpoint for Huntsville they didn't they were not able to retain talent here uh, so essentially uh, Eric and I before we, before we married uh, got married um, or before we started dating we were thinking about moving to other places because it's not a lot nothing to do however <laughs> it changed to, yeah. since 2019 to now oh man it it's, is a, it's a substantial amount of growth yeah we when we first got here i mean it was nothing to do like people that. came and they would leave immediately i mean so many of our friends would move here and you know <laughs> work and money was great sure. you know always had a job but everybody would leave to go you know to dc or you know go to atlanta or any kind of surrounding you know town but they did not want to stay here but just in the past what three years i mean we've gotten everything i mean we have a whole foods like which was just completely whole foods trader joe's yeah trader joe's yeah we have 
all the things that would attract young, you know, professionals, but we've also just grown with businesses like Blue Origin is here now. I mean, it's right down the street from our house. And, you know, you have these major, major companies moving, you know, either their headquarters here or, you know, some kind of satellite office. A lot of the FBI, they've moved down here, you know, so... Those are three-letter organizations for the government, though. Mm-hmm. Like FBI is building their, effectively their second headquarters here. Uh, if you're in, in, interested in the defense world, uh, most Army money comes through Redstone Arsenal. Right, so, so and that's the you major. You know Army budgets, so I understand yeah. you do any of that research, you understand how much money comes through Redstone Arsenal. Yeah, Army headquarters uh, is here. Yeah. Defense Agency headquarters here. Mm-hmm. So those big defense contracts are here. However, the that's the one kick that we, we had the one trick pony for the Huntsville. However, now Mazda and Toyota is making significant uh, development here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook has a, a data center yep. here, and it's a lot. The uh, economy is diversifying. Yes. Um, at the same time, yeah. and it's still it's a great place. Even though we didn't like it being here as a kid, I mean, well, <laughs> young in our twenties, now you know we're in our thirties. This is a great place to live. I mean, even the bad schools are good. Here. Yeah, even um, you know, yeah, so. Um, and then you don't have to worry about crime. Uh, it's, I mean, it's stuff happens, you know, it's, it's stuff happens. Sure. Yeah. It ain't like Jackson or Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like that. And, uh, so overall, the, the market is good. It's a great place to live. If you want to live. And, yeah. and now they gave us opportunities. Uh, the city, at, all at once, they're building pl- multiple places for us to do entertainment. So we yeah. have Mid-City going on. Downtown is, uh, is really nice. It's really nice. And Huntsville is... Um, it's kind of diverse for you think Alabama, but Huntsville is really not it's, like that. It's not. It's like there's it's North the, Alabama and then there's the rest of the state. Yeah, so, so this, this is, is kind of like one DC. of the diverse. The, yeah. There we go. I like that. I like that. Uh, There's various things that are affecting the market. So there's a lot of people moving in here. Uh, so essentially, if you want a job in Huntsville and you're not, and you can go find one. If you're not working up here, you don't want to. You got to pass. <laughs> to go do whatever you're trying to do. Um, <laughs> So, so with that, uh, um, the market is, is growing, but it's still more affordable to other relatable cities mm-hmm. in, in the Sun Belt. So, you know, Nashville is more, yeah. the towns in the Carolinas, of course, Georgia cities are more, uh, uh, for the growth, you know, you compare us to Texas cities, um, and we're still comparable to those uh, places um, without all the congestion. Beautiful, beautiful. So it sounds like you guys really got in at the right time, got a good position. So did you guys like we see stayed. this? Yeah, we stayed. We stayed. Yeah, you saw, okay, so you saw it coming and you just kind of stayed or you just I like this. We, we didn't anticipate Man, this. They literally yeah. tore down an old mall and mm-hmm. then they're building, they built a top golf there. They got Dave and Buster's, a yeah. huge rock climbing place. Oh, yeah. It's common. Yeah. Man, it's, they just <laughs> tore down. Don't, don't go anywhere. Just you stay. Stay right here. They're, they're, trying, right. they're trying really hard to retain people now, and it's working. It's Good. working. Good. That's awesome. That's really, I really like to hear, that, especially since you guys just built a house and you started a new family. I'd really love to hear basically how real estate and position can kind of set you up for the future and your family too in the future so that's beautiful and so um what would you tell people who are looking to buy in alabama so so still you got to be specific to you know the market you know the, uh for alabama you, if you think about montgomery from where you are i'm sorry right right right, right. so I mean, that's, just, that's the main thing that's, that, that's the big difference it's like it's not you can't you just say alabama uh, a lot of people reach out to me and just ask me about investing in alabama mm-hmm. and then you can go to birmingham and still find 25 30 dollars house you know gotcha. it's still you know comparable to uh, uh any old industrial town where you mm-hmm. find those type of houses and of course the house in that condition uh, and that, at that price range is going to be in bad shape there are none in Huntsville. 
they were out of bought. They're not they're not in uh, more of those right now. Mm-hmm. They were bought up and been moved out. It's essentially it's not a lot of vacancies here uh, in Huntsville, and it's a ton of new construction going on. Uh, instead of tearing houses down, we fix them up. You know, a lot of places just tear the old house down. Sure, we try it's to fix them up. Kind of expensive to me. Yeah, it's kind of expensive, but the permitting allows you to do. Uh, it's a little, it's a lot more flexible as uh, Huntsville. It really didn't start growing into 1960s with the uh, the space program and stuff like that. So before the space program, this was just a cotton town. Um, so a lot of the, like they've changed the <clears throat> the old mills uh, where they had the cotton gins, all this stuff. Like low mill arts and crafts is in the middle of the hood. Projects. The largest privately owned uh, arts and crafts uh, place. <laughs> I can't think of the name, but in the country, in North America. Right. So it's it's and in so, the hood, and everybody it's a, it's a melting pot out there. Yeah. Um, so. But if you're looking to buy a house, I mean, you know, just 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 be prepared just to be prepared. spend some money right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's that's relative to it's mm-hmm. kind of where you, I mean, exactly. it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard to get it, just like anywhere else, uh, a desirable <clears throat> house uh, will want to be, but uh, you got to pay to stay, especially mm-hmm. if you live in Madison uh, yeah. in, in this area. Um, mm-hmm. That's really good information, because again, easily somebody could say, "Oh, Alabama." you know, heard this Alabama and just really made a bad decision based on. So I'm glad that you clarified that. And so it sounds like as an investor, and I guess, depending on, I guess it really depends on, I guess, your cash flow and your situation. But overall, does it sound like investing in in your area, Alabama, uh, is a good idea right now? Or maybe it should kind of wait until the market pulls back or it's kind of hard to say? I don't think the market's going to pull back here. So still, and for affordability, Huntsville is still relatively cheap compared to you know, other larger cities, mm-hmm. especially in the South. Uh, I'm saying larger cities in the South because you got a lot of coastal people moving um, to, yeah. to the, uh, the Sun Belt, Pine Belt kind of areas. Um, so uh, it's still affordable uh, to live here, but it, it, you yeah. can't find too much. It's yeah, just, I mean, it's if you can find sale. something, yes, it's a great idea. It's, it's great because the demand is so high, you know, right. still. So that's why, you know, we don't really think the market is going to change too much because yeah. there's still so many people moving here, um, you know, staying in our Airbnbs while their house is being built, uh, you know, right. or before, you know, to buy a house right now. Yeah. Um, and the so, new construction, though, just like most other places, new construction is selling. They're pre-selling a lot of this yeah. stuff. They're pre-selling yeah. with a fixed contract and then... And then if, if they were running to some cost, uh, inflation or whatever kind of cost, they let the buyers know. And if the buyers don't want it, they just kick them out of the contract. I mean, they, they give them, a, they return their money to them, but they, right. I was just going to sell regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else take it, don't worry. <laughs> Somebody, and they're going to pay more. So. Gotcha. You can find something and yeah. it makes sense for you financially. Buy it. Go ahead. And buy it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, buy it. Exactly. Rents have went up, as I said, uh, mm-hmm. I was stating. So as the, the market goes up, you know, a lot of times the market might dip, but the rents are going to hold that up. So you know, if if you stay true to uh, you know um, you know one percent rule, which is very hard. So one percent, you know, hundred thousand dollar house, you want to rent out for a thousand dollars. That doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so, but if you if you know you know at, uh, you know eight percent you know pr- uh, uh, kind of price to rent, that should be sustainable here uh, because the, the rent is is going up um, here. Or if you're if you're okay with doing it, you know, do a, a furnished rental model on it. Awesome, awesome. That's very informative. I really appreciate that. Gotcha. So. All right, I know you guys don't have much time left because you're busy uh, business owners and everything like that. So we'll go ahead and move on. So what is your craziest or most embarrassing story? What do you guys got? So, so I start off. So, <laughs> so, I, uh, uh, so the pandemic started in February, March. Um, I started aggressively buying houses 
Uh, and I really, we really haven't taken a break since right. then. And so right now we buy on average 10 houses per month, uh, which is very difficult to do because you're not, you're not looking on MLS and finding those houses. So we, you know, have a uh, director sell, we do a lot of marketing different, and, and we rehab all these houses, mm-hmm. pulling permits, uh, various things like that, building that team out. So we haven't been, bit, we hadn't had that much free time. We decided to go on a vacation, go to what I figured is one of the best cities in the country is New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> That's, that's what I feel. Like. One of the best cities in the country. Yeah, I go, that's where I'm going in May, so I, we'll see. Oh, well, this All is right. perfect for you. <laughs> so so uh, we, we normally stay in Airbnbs when we travel, and we travel everywhere to stay in Airbnbs. We want to stay in a nice one. And then I found one uh, and booked it, and then we drive. And then okay, so, so yeah, so Tim booked the Airbnb we, in the French Quarter. You know, he said, okay, we're going to stay somewhere nice. We can walk everywhere instead of having to walk, you know, 15, 20 minutes right. to get to the French Quarter or take a trolley, whatever. Sure. So, um, you know, very nice Airbnb, right. super host, you know, well-established. Everything was great. Um, you know, so we get there. But because we're staying in the French Quarter, we have to find somewhere to park. And so um, the host, the Airbnb host recommends that uh, a lot that's about two blocks away, um, you know, really quick to get to. So we get there, you know, go to the lot. It's well lit. There are cameras everywhere. You know, it's by the one of the biggest malls, you know, right, right there, you know. So we felt comfortable, you know, we got all our valuables out, got to the Airbnb. And uh, the next afternoon, um, we went to the car uh, to, to go to the zoo. We're going to take our baby to the zoo. And, you know, since Tim drove all the way down, it's about a five and a half hour drive uh, yesterday, the day before to get to New Orleans, um, I decided, I said, I'll drive to the zoo, you know, no problem. And so I get all ready, I start the truck and uh, the noise is just right. so loud. I'm looking around to figure out what I did wrong. Right. You know, I'm trying and to figure I'm out. I'm looking around wrong. to see whose car is this. That's <laughs> it's yeah. not ours. And yeah, then, it's like the, it's, the car next to ours was a hybrid Honda Civic. Yeah, so it's like it's not a hybrid. You know, <laughs> I'm 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 panicking. Like, do I have my foot on the gas? You know, why would I do that? You know, and I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm panicking. So Timothy looks under the car really quickly and realizes right. that someone stole our catalytic converter it's an expensive parking lot i'm talking about high traffic you know yeah, so we right. paid the dollars to park here for three days it's about, you, know, you know by cafe du monde so it's yeah, so, high traffic areas it's, so it, cameras so, everywhere okay yeah. all right so look so, so we we're, we're thinking we said okay you know, we can go ahead and just, we'll get it fixed. You know, no we, we got, got a few more days left. It's we a got, new truck. We got insurance. No yeah. Perfect. So right. after calling all the dealers within a hundred mile radius, mm-hmm. uh, no one has that part. It's a nationwide shortage. And they let mm-hmm. us know that it would be three to five months before we could get our vehicle fixed. Nice. Yeah. So, right. so now, you know, we had to find someone to either tow the truck, you know, closer to home because we didn't want to leave it in New Orleans. No <laughs> it it was too big to tow (laughs) so we had to get it shipped you know on a flatbed truck and so you know once we got that straightened out we're like okay cool you know let's go ahead get a rental car we'll drive back home there were no rental cars um at all crazy right now (laughs) available for days so here we are with a with a a almost two-year-old you know strollers baby beds all kind of stuff and we have uh, no 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 way to get home oh. uh, and even with the vehicles that could be ready in a few days if we stayed longer than we planned on staying sure. there were no one-way rentals that they could guarantee right wow. so right before we left we had to book uh you know book flights and yeah. uh, we had to check out the airbnb at 10 the flights didn't leave until five so we're stuck around new orleans uh 
with a with a toddler um, and and two in a connecting flight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. This is this was just two weeks ago. It's a cautionary tale right. for yeah. any of your listeners. They still still uh, cats out here. They, I, I thought they stopped doing right. it. Yeah, no, with the with the shortage and the chip shortage and the car stuff, like it's it's pretty crazy out here. Like, yeah. I, but right. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that that happened. That's yeah. crazy, it's especially crazy. with a toddler. <laughs> yeah. Right. Did you guys kill each other? <laughs> or, or did you? Yeah. I mean, luckily, we were we were still in New Orleans, so yeah, it's, so. it's, a, it's an enjoyable city. But we we were we were low key stranded. Yeah, uh, was, yeah. How's that feel? Yeah. yeah, with your baby. I'm sorry, but you guys made it. You made it home. We made it home. Made you home. know, the car's still not fixed, but yeah. we made it home. No. And, uh, man, well, that is a crazy story. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad you told me because like yeah. I said I'm going to May, but we're not driving, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rental cars. Or something. <laughs> right. But enjoy yourself. I will. I will certainly try. <laughs> gotcha. Well, anyway, I'm definitely praying that you get your car back in a timely fashion because I do know what it's like. I'm actually down a car myself, so we're sharing a car. Um, and it's not really that fun. So well, it's not that bad because I work from home. But anyway, all right. So we got a quick word from our sponsors. Is worker real estate getting you down? Are you feeling burned out or depressed? Well, there's a solution you can use right from the comfort and the privacy of your own home computer. Center for Establishing Recovery is Metro Detroit's leading provider for e-therapy. If you're in need of a listening ear, contact Center for Establishing Recovery at establishingrecovery.com. If you have a question or topic you're interested in having us discuss or are interested in coming on as a guest, advertising, real estate services, or sponsoring an episode, go to brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Erica, Tim, is there anything you'd like to share or promote before we end? Where can people find you? This is your time. Uh, promote, uh, don't really have anything. We don't really sell anything like that. Uh, just uh, if you're staying in Huntsville, we have housing. If you look for a house to buy, we have it. If you look for a long-term rental, um, we're trying to create a, a used house dealership down here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's our goal. Yeah, so we have a www.huntsvilleinvest.com. So, you know, the website and um, Tim's handle is Kingsway, you know, dot com. But you can find us, you know. (laughs) We're not not hard to find. All right, gotcha. Well, I'll make sure to post everything in your your page on the uh, website and everything like that so that you guys can hopefully get some business or people want to connect with you. So. Well, that's it for season one. You've been listening to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. Stay tuned on our IG page for updates and reminders about season two. Thank you to all our many listeners and supporters. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. As always, don't just dream, build your dream. Follow us on Instagram at brick and mortar DET for everything else, brick and mortar Detroit.com slash podcast. Brick and mortar Detroit podcasts and newsletters reflect the opinions of only the authors who are associated guests of podcasts and do not reflect the views of brick and mortar Detroit LLC or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. They are for informational purposes only and are not a recommendation of an investment strategy or to buy or sell any home security or asset in any market. They are also not research reports and are not intended to serve as the basis for any investment decision. Any third-party information provided therein does not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of their subsidiaries or affiliates. All investments involve risk, including the loss of money, principal, and past market performance does not guarantee future results. 
we always recommend you enlist a professional entity for any investment decision you may be considering.